0: Hello, I'm Chris Neeland, host of a new podcast, Cult Brand Secrets, brought to you by The Gathering and Evergreen Podcasts. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and a masterclass for brand and business leaders looking to reap the benefits of cult-like adoration. Each year, The Gathering brings together disruptors from around the globe to learn from and to celebrate the leaders behind iconic brands like Marvel, Skittles, Beats by Dre, Yeti, and the Dallas Cowboys. For the first time ever, this podcast will give you access to some of the exclusive business leader learnings from the Gathering's past events. More than 125 million people in 120 different countries have seen a Harlem Globetrotters game. And countless more have seen the Globetrotters on things like Scooby-Doo or Gilligan's Island, TV game shows, reality TV, could be Guinness Book of World Records competitions, or YouTube videos. For over 95 years, they had been providing family fun, as well as breaking down barriers and teaching their fans how to be better versions of themselves. I was delighted to get to know brent baldwin through this evaluation process he has had a remarkable career within the kid and family entertainment space and he's a super good dude i'm sure you're going to be quite fond of him after hearing him speak at the 2020 gathering and i hope that you'll agree with me that he is the perfect steward to manage this iconic global organization's brand in his presentation Brent gives us the opportunity to sort of belly up to the buffet, if you will, where he just shares these proven cult brand principles. And instead of diving deep into one or two big takeaways, he sort of knocks us over the head with over a dozen different tips and tricks of just really solid advice to create something as beloved as what the Globetrotters have become. So let's listen in to Brent and take some notes and then we'll come back at the end of his remarks and see if we have similar
1: takeaways. I am Brent Baldwin. I run our brand strategy, marketing, creative. I think I actually carry three different business cards because I am a department of one, which means I am a department of many, many hats. So I am honored to be here today. The beautiful city of BAMP, thank you for hosting us it's kind of a surreal moment for me. This is my rookie year with the Globetrotters. I'm about eight months in. And when I found out that we were part of this honoree class, I was on day six of the job. And so I quickly Googled the conference and went, I'm in. And then I quickly Googled Banff and I went, oh, hell yeah, I'm in. So thank you. But it's a very, very easy and comfortable thing for me to come up and talk about because I love my brand. I love the Globetrotters. I love everything we stand for in this organization, everything that we stand for as a brand. And I hope that over this time together, you kind of find that love and that passion for your brand, and it's reignited a little bit, too. So. Part of the reason I love my brand so much is because of my family. I actually brought them here with me. They're upstairs, probably sipping some hot chocolate, recovering um, from a very cold day outside. They are uh, my harshest critics, but they're also my biggest cheerleaders. They are my focus group of two every night around the dinner table. We talk about what did daddy do today? Did you see Moose today at work? Who's one of our players? That's how my seven-year-old understands what I do. But they're my North Star. They're kind of the reason that I've stayed in the kid and family space for so long. So I am also an Atlanta boy. I love my city of Atlanta. So I'm glad that two of the honorees are representing the city of Atlanta today, us and Coca-Cola. Atlanta's like my little brother. I love it to death. Part of Atlanta was I got my roots in kids and family by being at Cartoon Network had the privilege of working on our Stop Bullying Speak Up campaign, probably the most rewarding, fulfilling work that I've done in my life, getting letters written in of kids, educators, kind of using our resources, changing the conversation, changing the dialogue at their schools, empowering and inspiring kids to kind of speak up when they see bullying happening. So it was, it was a very rewarding time in my career. I parlayed that an opportunity to work with everybody's frozen ice queen, Elsa, I went and ran marketing at Disney on Ice for a couple of years. The first show that I got to work on was Disney on Ice Presents Frozen. I mean, it was the movie that was made for Disney on Ice. I think we just printed cash continuously every time. We would just go to the box office and they would just like dump the Brinks trucks at us. It was a really great experience, fell in love with the concept of live entertainment. As a marketer, I'm a big fan of kind of blending my heart my head or my brain and my gut. I think that all of your best decisions work when you combine all three of those and kind of balance it. You know, big data has been kind of a big trend, putting everything into a model and an algorithm. But I think that there's no substitute for thinking with your heart, what you feel, especially when you're a parent of a seven and a three-year-old and you can kind of feel those emotions with your children. And then sometimes just your gut instinct and, and, and understanding that. Also have kind of the mindset of surprise and delight. This was another one of those kind of big buzzwords for a few years, and everybody was trying to do it, and most people were doing it poorly. And so I'm a big fan of it, especially when it's done right. And so hopefully you guys will kind of embrace a little surprise and delight today. So enough about me, a little bit about the Globetrotters. Uh, We are going on our 94th season, actually, this year. So we were founded in 1926, of course, Coke. Had to be an honoree, so we couldn't be the oldest brand this year. But I think 94 years is definitely something to applaud. We were founded by Abe Saperstein as the Savoy Five. And of all places, who can guess... Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. So we are actually found in Chicago. We have no roots in New York, no roots in Harlem. He named the team, the Harlem Globetrotters, because he wanted them to feel that we were from out of town. And it was a really big deal that this team of basketball players were coming into Chicago area and they were barnstorming and they were taking on anybody who would, um, who would kind of like face them and challenge them. So from there, we we have a deep history of kind of some barnstorming groups. And then in the 50s, we actually earned our nickname, the Globetrotters. So we went on our first journey overseas to Europe. We played nine different countries. Another thing that kind of happened during this time period is The antics that the Globetrotters are probably most famously known for. The legend is that we were just destroying somebody in the second half like we tended to do. And the players just started having fun. They goofed around. They had a little excitement. The crowd went wild. So Abe, after the game, said, do that tomorrow and do it the next night and do it the next night and do it the next night. And so how a lot of our antics and excitement kind of came to be. Through the 70s, you probably know us as pop culture icons. We were on Scooby-Doo. We were on Gilligan's Island. We had our own Saturday morning cartoon show. We had our own version of Soul Train, kind of a late night review show. You know, we got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We really became pop culture icons that solidified kind of our status as a cult brand. But the part of our history that I think I'm most proud of is that we have a legacy of breaking barriers and kind of changing culture around us. So in the late 1940s, early 50s, uh, we challenged the then Minnesota Lakers who were the champions of the ABA, the precursor to the NBA. And we beat them not one year, but two years in a row because nobody believed that it happened for real the first time. And that actually led to Sweetwater Clifton, who was a globetrotter, becoming one of the first African-American players in the NBA. So we broke the color barrier in the NBA. And then in the 1980s, uh, Lynette Woodward, who was a star at the University of Kansas. She was the female basketball player of the year, became the first female player on an all-male professional basketball team. So we just have a history of kind of defining culture, breaking down barriers, and it's something that I'm really excited about. You know, and then you've got your whole presentation baked and you're ready to go and you're putting the finishing touches on it and you sit down to watch the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago as a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan and you're in your living room and something like this happens. Welcome to the Geico Super Bowl 54 pregame show on Fox.
2: The Harlem Globetrotters have been the innovators of basketball for 94 years.
1: But there's a guy in NFL that reminds us of us. Patrick Mahomes has us looking at football in a whole new way. He can suit up with us any day. So congratulations to all the brands that paid $6, $7 million for their spots this year. We paid $0. Um, We actually were privileged. Our publicity team is amazing. It does great work. And earlier in the season on a Thursday night, the Chiefs played on Fox. We pulled this piece together last second. It ran on a Thursday night, crashed our website. We were ecstatic that our website crashed from all the traffic. And then we were sitting there, Super Bowl night, like, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? And then I'm getting text messages from our tech team going, it just crashed. It's okay, we're gonna get it back up. It's okay. So we loved it, but it's exciting. It was a great evening. And I'm just glad the Chiefs won, not only as a fan, but I don't think any professional team would have ever worked with us again if we had caused them to lose uh, the Super Bowl. So. That's not to say that our history has all been rosy. We definitely have gone through some periods of struggle, some periods of adversity. We, for a while, stepped away from our roots and tried to be kind of ultra competitive. Outside of our traditional family touring games, we would put together these like you know, teams of the best globetrotters, and we would go and take on anybody. You know, We tr- tried to abandon our modern-day roots, but go back to our original roots, the barnstorming and everything, and it sucked. To be honest, I mean, we had fans in the stands that were yelling at us, Do something funny. This is terrible. This isn't what I signed up for. I mean, it was, it kind of hurt. It, it was uncomfortable. We had some private equity years. That sucked. I mean, you guys know what private equity can do to a brand. I mean, they just sucked the absolute life out of us. I think somebody at dinner last night said, they're like Dracula sitting there sucking your blood and then telling you you're pretty at the same time. It was really, really uncomfortable, but you know, it it kind of created a little bit of a lost generation for fanhood because they were not investing in the brand. They were just trying to suck every dime and every dollar they could out of it. You know, we also went through a period of time where we tried to be everything to everyone. And unfortunately we ended up being nothing to no one. So we really tried to hit hard with like leisure seekers. So those people that uh, Instagram wasn't a thing, but, but they were so worried their Instagram feed would have gotten stale. So they're always looking for something to do. We tried to be on the cutting edge with what was probably the young gen Xers at that time. And we tried to appeal to the nostalgic people, the ones that come up to you and tell you, oh, I saw Curly Neal, or I saw Goose, or I saw Sweet Lou, or whatever it was, all at the same time while kind of maintaining our family DNA. And it just kind of really confused our consumer to what we are as a brand. And I think that actually kind of built the definition of brand insanity. It's not giving your customers what they want and wondering why you're failing as a brand. So you know, for us, we, I would like to say that we have righted the ship. We have put a lot of time and energy investing in the brand over the past four to five years. And it makes me proud and it makes me say, I love my brand. And this is a big part of why I love my brand. I love our brand because everybody has a Globetrotter story. Everybody that you kind of meet, everybody that you interact with, they want to tell you their Globetrotter story. And I have one and it's kind of foundational to how I approach my my role. I went to, this is the now demolished Omni Arena in Atlanta, Georgia in 1980 something-ish and saw the Globetrotters with my dad. I could not tell you who was playing that day, I could not tell you what gags, what jokes, who, like we won, the Globetrotters won, of course. Couldn't tell you what the final score was, anything about that game, other than I remember walking out of that arena, holding my dad's hand and feeling loved feeling empowered to be anything I wanted to be. Sorry, I'm getting a little choked up (laughs) as I'm thinking about it, honestly. I felt like I could just do anything. I felt like he valued me. He invested in me. And part of that was just that atmosphere that we create as the Globetrotters. And it's something that I got to share with my seven and my three-year-old girl about Three months ago, their first experience, you know, they're dribbling a ball, they're talking about it, they're getting autographs, they're getting the ball spun on their finger, just like I did as a kid. It's that experience that kind of drives me um, and motivates me. I love our brand because we're showstoppers. I love our brand because we stood for good before it was cool to stand for good. I mean, if you think about it recently, You know, think about all the beer commercials in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Nothing about their product, but just how they stand for something. I mean, we've stood for good. I mean, we were named the ambassadors of Goodwill in the 50s, and we've stood for good for so many years. Um, This is actually Zeus, one of our players. He's part of our team of advanced ambassadors that go out into the markets and do 300 school visits every year in elementary school kids. So we are walking the walk, not just talking the talk. We do 100-plus children's hospital visits every year. We've actually partnered with Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, and we're the face of their mental health and wellness campaign because that's just what our brand is and that's kind of our DNA. Part of it is because like everybody remembers how you make them feel. You know, you you can have an experience with a brand but everybody remembers how you make them feel I mean, we do emotional connections like nobody else. I like to say that uh, you can get up close and personable with our players. We have a pregame experience where you can come up and meet them. But we also, every time we win a game, which happens every night, three times a night, actually, in most in most cities around North America, we give our fans a fifth quarter autograph session. So we invite them to come down out of the stands onto the court to meet our players, to tell their story, to get an autograph. I mean, to create that emotional connection and that moment. I also love our brand because I think we're probably the kings of partnership marketing, whether it's something we're doing with the ultra cool and hip kid band Cuckoo Kangaroo Or we're partnering with Stomp or with Georgia Tech, making probably the coolest Rube Goldberg you've ever seen. Or it's a paid partnership through Carnival or through one of our other sponsors. I mean, we do partnership marketing like nobody else does partnership marketing. You know, I also think one of the things that separates us that I'm really proud of is good brands tell their story and they tell their story really, really well. But great brands, their customers tell their story for them. And I think that's one of the things that we are really fortunate about is our customers do an amazing job of telling our story. They get on social media, they talk about it, they evangelize our brand for us. So I don't have to be the one getting up and talking about it all the time, but it's one of the things that I think that I love about our brand is we have such passionate and ravenous fans um, and they go out and evangelize it for us. You know, another thing that I kind of wanted you guys to take away, um, and i can say this because my boss is not in the room and if your boss is sitting next to you maybe ask him to do the the earmuffs but brand marketing's not really that hard you guys i mean like if you boil it down and you think about it like this stuff is really easy it's the hard part is like respecting your brand enough to be honest with yourself about where you are where you stand in the marketplace the hard part is going out and actually talking to your customers talking to your consumers Instead of internalizing that conversation to your own organization and drinking your Kool-Aid. And I think the biggest challenge we face is it's not knowing what you don't know, but it's knowing what you know and you're too afraid to accept because it's going to be a really hard challenge and it's going to be a really hard struggle and it's going to create a lot of work for you and your organization. I would also kind of caution you against consultants. I know there are a lot of consultants in the room, but I would just say be wary of a consultant that tries to feed you with something proprietary and special and unique that one doesn't involve talking to your customers. Run away from those people. Run really, really, really far away from those people if they won't give you the secret sauce until you sign on the dotted line. Those are the people always very wary of when it comes to consultants. Um, They try to be flashy. They try to sell you on some hierarchy or some model, or it's an upside down pyramid instead of a right side up pyramid or whatever it happens to be. We all get bombarded with those people. But you know, the key I think is it's understanding and talking to your customers and figuring out within your brand DNA how you can best meet their needs as a brand and then what are your product attributes that feed up into that. So I have an undying passion and love for my brand, and I hope that all of you do too. So I would kind of challenge you to either fix your brand, fix yourself, or go fix your resume. I mean, this world is too big to not be working somewhere that you're passionate about, not be working somewhere that you love and you have kind of this undying excitement for, And your brand is too valuable for somebody that doesn't feel that way to have the opportunity to work on it for you. So a little bit of closing. Thank you guys again for the opportunity to be here. I have one more little surprise and delight for you guys. So there's plenty of ice outside, but I did bring a dragon with me, you guys. (laughs) How's everybody doing? It's a pleasure
2: to be here. So when I first came here, uh, Brett kept telling me, he said, hey, pack Warm. He said, it's very, very, very cold here. I didn't, I didn't take it too serious. And uh, I went hiking uh, this morning. And, um, my hands are still cold right now. So <laughs> I'm definitely buying a Canada goose before I leave here. So <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you all. And um, I travel here from uh, California. And um, one thing about me, uh, I grew up in Chicago, you know, um, been with the Globetrotters for seven years now. Uh, I've been to 53 countries. Uh, I've been to 49 states uh, creating memories. And one of the things I love about the Globetrotters is that um, I get a chance to travel the world, number one, on someone else's expense, and I get a chance to create memories. And one of the things that touched my heart was uh, one day I was out in Delaware, and I got a chance to meet a kid with the um, Make-A-Wish Foundation. He was battling brain cancer at the time, and there's one thing he wanted is to meet a Harlem Globetrotter. And I got a chance to speak to him before he passed away. I got a chance to talk to him, and he said, now he can be happy. And that right there touched my heart. That's one thing I love about being a Harlem Globetrotter. All right.
0: Um, while I'm getting this uh, hashtag going, Dragon, you've been to 49 states. Where have you not been? Alaska. Do you guys
2: perform in Alaska? Yeah, we perform there. I just, uh, most of the time, sometimes I do PR, so I haven't got a chance to uh, go there, but I would definitely love to.
0: One of the things that was surprised us, I guess, when we were um, doing your evaluation was that you have multiple teams of Globetrotters and you guys can become so popular that you're fulfilling demand all over the country at the same time. Maybe elaborate a little bit on how you guys have, how many people are actually on that team. I'm imagining you, you send a whole bunch of our team to your game in Calgary. I mean, are you sending... The generals, you're sending the referees, are you sending the the sports announcers? Like, Is it an entire production crew and all of the players are all part of your
1: show? It is very soup to nuts. Every year in the summer, we have tryouts and we invite somewhere between five and seven new players to join us as Harlem Globetrotters. So we have about 50 total players. We have three tours going at any given moment. So right now we're in the middle of our North America tour. Red, white, and blue unit matches the uniform yep. nicely. And 10 to 12 players on each team. You know, we, we play about 350 games a year in North America. When you add in international, that's another 150 plus games. But those 350 games are in like 320 cities. I like to joke that we will play Paris, Texas um, in one night. And then two weeks later, another team is in Paris, France. We're, we're every hometown's home team. And we will play the Staples Center in LA, and then we will play a beautiful high school in the middle of Ocala, Florida. Um, so it's a it's it's a very kind of diverse uh, space that we play in. But we're we're honored to have three different teams. We bring we bring everybody. I mean, if the if the venue doesn't have the sound system, we'll pipe it. We'll we'll run everything. We bring the refs. We bring the scorers. We bring an amazing road team of about six, seven uh, tour staff that do everything behind the scenes, including closing out the financials with the venue at the end of the night. So.
0: I, I was thinking while watching <clears throat> your performance that is there any more useless position than a Harlem Globetrotters referee? <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't call any fouls whatsoever, I and mean, then they get uh, made fun of the entire time by the, by the team. But it is, kind of, kind of remind me of a WWE referee where they're just kind of there as part of the production. Is the Are the generals the tryout squad? like? Do the, Is that there? you work your way up and to become an official Globetrotter?
2: Well, it depends. Uh, we actually had a few Washington generals uh, that became Harlem Globetrotters. And the recruitment process is actually pretty cool because um, I myself, I was at home. I played professionally in the NBA G League. I played overseas. I played a couple places, and I was waiting for a team to call me, and I got a call from the Globe Globetrotters. And I went in. It was a genuine tryout, five-on-five no tricks involved and most importantly they they asked me you know how how I am as a person you know am I able to communicate with people it it was just beyond just my skills of basketball and my tricks came later Um, my first game it was actually 12,000 people at the game and um, I was nervous and I didn't know any tricks and they called my name and I got scared, and I threw the ball back to one of my <laughs> teammates. <laughs> and uh, he'd say, t- he "Listen to the tricks here. Uh, the tricks are going to come later." And um, that night, I was just trying tricks and breaking a few laps in the hotel room. <laughs> now I'm seven years later. So, so uh,
0: how does that recruitment process work? You know, what what were you guys looking for? Athletes first, that are good people second, or
1: I would say, your athletic ability is what gets you in the door. Yeah and your personality and your ability to kind of perform as an entertainer is what gives you a career with the Globetrotters, I mean, we joke that somebody like Dragon, he can sit in a boardroom and present himself in front of any, you know, sea level suite. But I would also entrust him to babysit my daughters tomorrow night mm-hmm. so I can go to dinner with my wife. I mean, they're they're genuine good people. And, you know, w- while he's Dragon with the uniform on, I mean, he- he's DeAndre. And, and and the person inside the uniform is really what gives you longevity and a career with the Globetrotters. I mean, we scout internationally. I yeah. mean, we signed our first three international... Ball handlers that do amazing things with the basketball that defies gravity one of them we found in poland he was at a game went up to get the ball spun on his finger and said oh that's cute let me show you how it's done and just kind of went (laughs) off and it went viral and we we can't get shown up like that like you're going to come play for us you know so we
2: also got a guy from beijing too he's uh really well he actually (laughs) used to um train tai chi with jet lee and so he teaches some of the players some of the uh tai chi and uh He's amazing with tricks, and we got uh, a couple of other guys as well. So.
0: Are people typically globetrotters for their career? Are they are they globetrotters still trying to make get a, a called up to the NBA? Are they did they used to play in the NBA or international? and Now they're wanting to come back to America. Like, how does it kind of fit in the career path of an athlete?
2: Well, it depends. Um, like one thing I love, I get a chance to travel the world for free, and I get a chance to touch uh, child's lives and create memories. And that's important to me. You know, it's beyond just basketball. You know, I can go overseas, I can play in you know, other places, but I get a chance to interact with people. You know, before the game, doing magic pass, and after the game, two pe- uh, kids take selfies with us, even parents and you know even older people. They take selfies and they ask us questions and they communicate with us and talk with us. So that's one thing I do love, and I think every other globe try to love that as well.
0: One of the questions here is about Big Easy and Flight Times' uh, stint on The Amazing Race, and was that something that they did as as spokesmen for you guys, or did they just want to go be on that show and you let them wear the jersey?
1: Yeah. So we, our PR agency arranged it and they were there representing the Globetrotters. They had so much fun that they got invited back a second time. And then somehow they convinced them to go back for a third time. But yeah, so we, we do, we have an amazing PR team that creates a lot of those opportunities for us. You know, one of our players was on American Ninja warrior and like just ran out of time i mean he's an amazing just athlete and would have finished that our players were on ryan's mystery toy world or something on nickelodeon um, a couple weeks ago so yeah, um,
2: well.
1: yeah we've, we've done partnership with kids bop music videos all sorts of really yeah. cool stuff you said
0: something right at the very beginning so literally a year ago jennifer sands from frito-lay is sitting here and she's talking about cheetos and she says i have a team of three and nobody could believe it. Everybody would have thought she would have had a team of 130, not three people. You stood up here saying that you are the marketing department. How, how does that work? Do you have out, outside partners? Do you have a, a social media team? Do you have an event scheduling team? So
1: I, I will caveat in that and then say that we, we have multiple marketing departments within the, organ, within the organization. I'm our brand marketing team. The way we work is we, we work through a, a network of live event promoters. So somebody that is designed and specifically sells tickets to the game when it comes to Calgary, like it was a couple weeks ago. So we have a team that does that. And then we just have really great agency partners as the Globe Charters are actually part of the Hershen Family Entertainment Group, which owns a variety of aquariums and theme parks. And so we have an agency within our organization that does a lot of the consumer facing that, you know, does the legwork that's needed because you can't do video shoots like that without a team of more than one that can kind of pull that stuff off.
2: You know, we also have like, each Globetrotter has like a fan base, too. So, you know, um, we on Instagram and we on all through all through social media. You know, each player thing. has their own Insta- okay. following. Each player has their own following because each player has one specific type of um, thing they can do well. And also they can do many things as well. Like my myself, I have a 45 inch vertical. <laughs> so a lot of people we have love- that in
0: common.
2: Yeah, So like a lot of players, a lot of players who jump high, a lot of people want to jump high. (laughs) And they lo- love to see me do slam dunks. So I have a fan base and we have, you know, uh, one of our players by the name of Ice, uh, she played at DePaul and she's amazing. Three-point shooter, four-point shooter. And, you know, she has her fan base cause she can handle the ball like really well. So each individual player has their specific fan base that can uh, bring in marketing too.
0: You mentioned the four-point shot. Is it true that you guys invented the three-point shot that the NBA uses now? Is that a Globetrotters innovation?
1: Sure, let's that, claim it. Take that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I had a and, shot
2: coming up soon. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I was
1: on day six when I when I found out about this. So I'm on like month eight right now. <laughs> yeah, Howard, that can you can of... you spot me on that? The recent um,
2: NBA um, All-Star game, they had a, a four-point shot that was in the um, same line, same distance that you guys same distance. Created? So yeah, that we created. So yeah, it's yep. pretty cool. I
0: love that. How do you guys think of yourselves? You know, we've had uh, we had the Lakers here, and then we've had Cirque du Soleil here, and there was a clear delineation between a professional sports team and a pure entertainment brand. Do you label yourselves as entertainers or as athletes, or, or what, what do you call your show? Is it just a, a an, an evening of family? Entertainment? Yeah, I
1: mean, we say we're live theater on a basketball court. I mean, we're family entertainment. Um, if we're honest with ourselves, we're more circus than we are basketball. But at the same time, we're almost every little boy's introduction to the sport of basketball. Usually their first basketball game is the Globetrotters game. A lot, of, A lot of people have actually stopped me already and kind of told me that, their sons fell in love with the game of basketball because they went to a Globetrotter game. But yeah, I mean, we're we're family entertainment. We're, we're we probably sit right in that middle of that pendulum between the Lakers and and Circus Soleil.
2: Yeah, you know, we we actually got a couple of players as well. Like one of the, one of our guys named Chris Brun. He was part of the Bulls. You know, as far as like our skill set too. Like a lot of players played in college. Women, ninety-five percent of the players played in college, and I played I played professional overseas. We had uh, women that was part of WNBA, and you know, a bunch of places. So. We have a unique skill set as well as a personality, as well as tricks as well. So
0: how do you what is the onboarding process? What is sort of the brand indoctrinization? I mean, your your players are human beings who can make boneheaded mistakes and do things off the court. And how what what is sort of the protocol that keeps everybody in line and such a great representation of the brand?
1: They never do it. I'm not trying to be silly, but like you can speak to this, like our guys embody the brand 24 7 they can walk into a hotel at 1 a.m having been up for essentially 24 hours straight and a little kids in the lobby and they turn it on and they are brilliant i mean that that's what makes you a globetrotter is having that personality having that ability and then they go through very rigorous training of how to do this when when we start i mean there's our pr team leads a lot of you probably know the history better than i do you know i mean you have to know all the talking points of our history yeah. you have to understand we play a lot of a lot of times where we'll get up in the morning we'll drive to the next town we'll stop at a mall and have lunch or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just a mob it's it's that yeah. that photo in San Francisco happens times about 10,000 you know people in a in a mall food quarter or whatever and they they're just on and they're just amazing and so it happens once in a blue moon if that when when somebody kind of messes up so
0: Well, you do a great job because I mean, to to have the combination of physical talent, but also integrity and character is, I got to imagine there's, there's a, it's hard to find that type of person. You mentioned something else about, you used to be more about personalities. I certainly grew up with Meadowlark and Curly. Are you trying to downplay some of that? You mentioned everybody has an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Is it Globetrotter first, personality second, or are you trying to find these bigger than life sort of spokesmen or people?
1: It's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. the logo on the front of the jersey is magnetic. Speaks it, it speaks for itself. I mean, you know you know what the Globetrotters are, but there, there is an emphasis coming that you will see where we are going to start building out some stars and you will start to know names and, you know, personalities. But you'll also know... You know, I mean, if you think about the concept of dribbling, like we turn dribbling into an art form. It used to be the way you got the ball down the court so you could pass it, so you could make a shot. I mean, we've turned it into a skill set that you know that is that is interesting. So, you'll learn the personality and the persona behind our dribblers, behind our you know our finishers like Dragon is and things. So there's also. People remember, you know, Curly and though, you know, the ESPN or the Wire of sports or whatever it happens to be, and he never missed and well, that gets edited a little bit. I mean, like, you know, I, I could put together a sizzle video, where we never miss either, you know, and, and put only our best of our yeah. best forwards. So.
2: It's, it's definitely one of the questions I get asked everywhere I go. Like. Hey, um, how come Curly isn't playing anymore? I'm like, well, you know, Curly's a little bit older now, so <laughs> <A lot laughs> not sure if he still played. But one of the good things too, we have our coaches um, that was part of the Globe Charters as well. You got Sweet Lou Dunbar, you know, uh, we have uh, Jimmy Blacklock and um, Barry Hardy. Those those players, and those coaches used to be players, so they teach us a lot of stuff, and you know how to be, you know, you know Globe Charters and how to do certain things certain ways and what's funny and you know things like that. So they kind of helps carry on the legacy time for two questions left
0: one how did
2: the globetrotters get off of gilligan's island because the
1: castaways didn't what was that storyline i have absolutely no idea <laughs> i could bs but i do not know oh, yes. that wasn't in
2: your, that wasn't in your pr talking i refer throw it to the website uh <laughs>
0: Uh, and then lastly, Luke is our 11-year-old attendee here. Would you mind helping him learn how to spin a ball on his finger sure. here to wrap on Luke. <laughs>
2: yep. you go. I want to put one finger up like this. Yep, just like this. There <laughs> we go. There
0: you go. There you go, Luke.
2: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: dragging a from the Holland Globetrotters. Thank you so much. Okay, let's see how we did. These are the things that I jotted down while Brent was speaking and let's compare our notes. First, he talked about great leaders learn how to balance their heart with their head and with their gut. Mistakes happen when we tend to focus on one of those three more than the others. Second, he's a big fan of surprise and delights and he shows it and he lives it. Three, Private equity can often ruin a great brand. So if you have private equity partners, proceed with caution. Four, the Globetrotters became global ambassadors of goodwill. You know, in addition to selling tickets to shows, they visit over 300 schools and 100 hospitals per year, meaning that giving back is core to their popularity and their success. Five, Great brand leaders understand that everyone remembers how you make them feel. So make feelings and emotions a core part of your job description. Six, the Globetrotters do partnership marketing like, quote, no one else, end quote. Relying on strategic partners is a terrific way to punch above your weight and to leverage other people's brand equity and goodwill. Seven, you know you're succeeding when your customers start telling your story for you. Eight, how well do you really know your customers? Odds are not as well as you should. And nine, we should all work somewhere that we are super passionate about. You know, Life is too short to not apply our skills to a career and to a company that we want to be all in with. I'm sure you wrote down some other things, but those are my top takeaways. I really hope that you enjoyed Brent as much as I did. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Once again, this is your host, Chris Neeland, and you've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we explore the great speakers and insights shared at The Gathering, a Forbes top-rated business summit. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and review us on your podcast app. It really helps. Colt Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more about our podcasts at evergreenpodcasts.com. Special thanks to Connor Standish and Laura Winter for their assistance in making this podcast possible. Also, I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening.
2: Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on the Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed.